Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Hello and welcome to Mother Mary and the Masters with Samara Gabriel Grace. Did you ever hear a whisper of wisdom from a higher source? Have you felt the persistent encouragement of your angels and guides? Do you wonder if Mother Mary is still a part of Earth's evolutionary story? Sit back and listen as Samara channels the loving wisdom and light of Mother Mary and the Masters. Samara's life changed forever in the fall of 1997 when she received the first of many personal visitations from Mother Mary. In the decades since then, Samara has traveled the world serving as Mary's messenger, sharing her love and wisdom with those who are ready to receive it. Tune in now. Receive the insights and inspiration that Mary and the Masters offer to help you live a life of greater peace, deeper joy, and ever-abiding grace. Join us now for a close encounter of the divine kind. Well, hello and welcome to Mother Mary and the Masters. Today is April 9th of 2017. Pardon me. And I'm talking to you live from the beauty of Cornville, Arizona. I hope that you are having a good day wherever you are at this time. Uh, Today's show is going to be uh, all about what's love got to do with it. And I know that's kind of a hot topic right now because so many people are experiencing perhaps the opposite of love, the challenge, the chaos, the divisiveness, the anger, the short-temperedness, all of that. So I asked Mother Mary to address that and help us hopefully to be able to take a look at our lives, realize that although there are certain things we might like to change, if we focus on the things that are working, that are loving, and that are good, that's going to be more helpful than focusing on the things that are, quote, wrong or just not working for us at this time. So before I uh, continue and bring in Mother Mary, I want to do a a hello and a shout-out to my beloved friend and sister of the heart, Mary Elizabeth, in the beauty of Crystal Lake. Uh, How are you doing? Very well. Speaking of love, I just came back from a wonderful wedding um, where there was just, it was all pure love. Uh, It's a beautiful, beautiful couple. Oh, I love that. Tell me about it. Everyone wants to hear a good story right now. Well, they met, gosh, I think about four or five years ago. They both work at John Deere. They love to travel the world, and they've gone to about 10 or 12 countries so far. They're about, oh, I think they're about 27, 28. They're just the most grounded, wonderful, loving, kind couple that I've really met in a long time. And they have, So many people have so many things to say about these younger generations. And if I tell you what, even if half the, the kids that age are like those two are, we are in very, very good hands. So it was just a oh. wonderful experience of love in this chaotic uh, and crazy time. <laughs> oh, well, that is so heartening and so wonderful. And I know I was down uh, visiting my son and my daughter-in-law and my two grandchildren uh, just last weekend, a week ago, and just seeing how happy they are. They've now been married for about mm-hmm. 20 years, and they're still holding hands and laughing and joking and and planning their lives together and being good parents. And uh, that just brought such joy to my heart, too, with so many people having much more difficult lives. It is, it is wonderful to see these highlights of, of happiness and joy. Right. 
Yes, yes, and it's not yes. just being, you know, it's not just a relationship like that, though, too. It's also a relationship between, with friends, with parents, with, you know, my two little kitties. I miss them so much even before I left uh, to come back. You know, so it's the love knows so many different ways of finding it, you know, no, ourselves. No, you're exactly right. I mean, I think the whole aspect of understanding what is love anyway and how do we express mm-hmm. it and where does it come from and how do we, you know, who do we love and how do we love and all of that, I think that that's an, a very important thing that perhaps we don't think about enough or talk about enough because I know especially with animals, you know, there's that absolute unconditional love that you receive from your your dog or your cat or your bird or whatever mm-hmm. kind of animal you have and and you can just feel it there's no static it's just coming right through absolutely except for one of my cats who does have a little bit of attitude when you leave her alone for a little bit but you know that lasted about 20 <laughs> minutes and she came running so <laughs> <laughs> she's probably saying how come you, you left, left me, me? <laughs> exactly exactly so you've been doing a lot of White Star Reiki programs. Tell us what's been going on. You know, I'm really excited and happy to share that because it is, it's truly been one of the most um, rewarding and enjoyable experiences of my life. I've been a Yusui Reiki master for more than 20 years, but in the last five or six years, I began with Mana Reiki, which was an activation within the individual, And then uh, Mother Mary and some of the other beings suggested that the next level of that would be White Star Reiki. And for those of you that never have heard of this, what the basic tenet of it, what it's really about, is connecting ourselves not only with this earth experience and not only with our divinity, but also with what you might call your soul star chakra which is the place in your, in your being that has all of the information from all of the lives that you've lived and also the blueprint for what you're meant to do here on earth. And so for a lot of people that have been, you know, sort of good people following the light, doing what they were happy to do, but still kind of conflicted or confused about how did they, you know, what were they here to do and how could they show up in a way mm-hmm. that was even more loving? And so the process during the White Star Reiki is really to help people. If they've had Reiki before of any kind, that's great. If they haven't, that's okay too because there's, there's an activation that takes place within the body and then with also within the sort of the aura, the field above the body or around the body hmm. that activates the soul star chakra. And it's like all of a sudden you start remembering not only this life, but other lives and having a clearer, deeper sense of what's right for you and maybe what's not right for you so that you can make, you know, the choices that are hopefully the best ones for you. And so it's really been fascinating because I'm used to doing attunements and I'm used to leading groups and that's all great, but it's like these people that come together that are attracted to this and feel resonant with it, they're on the cusp, on the just like like one inch away from this activation of their whole being. And so being wow. a part of that and watching each of the people in the group also kind of um, activate each other because many times these these folks have been together in many lives together. So there's an instant sort of sisterhood and brotherhood and camaraderie mm-hmm. that happens as well. And so during a very short time, during a weekend, 
you feel like you've both gone backwards to past lives, forward to future lives, but most importantly, landed back in your own life with some um, understandings and some clarity that you may not have had before. Wow, I need that. <laughs> I'm still well, not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> you can come out here um, because it really has been exceptional. I, I, and, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I know you know me long enough, Mary, and if you're listening to my right. show, I hope you know me too. This isn't about my ego. This is about just witnessing something so special and extraordinary to feel people bond sort of soul to soul as well as human to human and feeling that love and support from each other that really bypasses time and space. It, it's, it's been an extraordinary wow. privilege to be a part of it. Wow, sounds wonderful. So when's your next one? Well, my next one is coming up. I'm actually going to be flying over to Houston, Texas. Um, in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing a wonderful uh, Reiki class there in Houston. One of the first people to become a white star teaching master is a fantastic woman named Janie Gatlin, and she'll be, well, we'll be co-leading it for this first one, but then she'll be leading her own from here on in. Um, so that's the wow. next one. And then in May, I'm going to be doing one here in Sedona slash Cornville. Um, and so anybody that's interested, you know, you can either call in or uh, email me because I'm also in the process of training 22 White Star Reiki master teachers. And so I've already had the privilege of um, having the first few uh, get their attunements, their final attunements, and I have some more in process right now. But uh, my guidance from Dr. Asui, the originator of uh, Reiki here, <clears throat> and also Mother Mary, was that I would be in my lifetime attuning 22 Reiki master teachers. And oh. right now I'm up to uh, a total of 10 people wow. that I've been working with, a few of whom are still to get their final attunements. But that's pretty good for only doing it for about uh, 18 months now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I don't know if you know this, but my birthday's on the 22nd. Ah, it's my oh, favorite number. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe right. I'll be number twenty-two. You never know. Maybe. Well, you would be fantastic because um, you know Janie was the first person to get her attunement. She came here to Sedona, and we had a beautiful time up at Rachel's Knoll, and she got her attunement. And now she's building that into her wonderful classes and teaching that she's already been doing. So that's what happens too. That you you have the ability to teach the White Star information, um, and we have our own manuals that we are developing, but you also weave that in. Janie's also a licensed uh, angel uh, reader from Doreen Virtue's uh, classes. She's also oh, wow. uh, licensed in counseling. So all of the work that she's doing uh, is, I think, being enhanced by this, and so kind of one sort of feeds the other, which is really um what I what I want for everyone, because each and every person that's taking the training um, has a very special and different set of skills. That sounds wonderful. So yes, thank you for asking. I, I'm as you can see, I'm You're incredibly welcome. excited about it, and and very very happy that this is part of what's come into my life after um, you know Mother Mary came basically in 1997. Um, right in the midst of my Reiki master training, and I got my final attunement in early 1998, 
from my Reiki master. And so it's very interesting that all the work with Mother Mary and now with the Reiki seems to be blending together and in a new incarnation here 20 years later. Wow, funny how the, all these lines connect and we have no idea. <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. So, yeah, it's really been very, very heartening and exciting. And my vision for this <clears throat> is that there will be an online presence called the White Star Reiki Academy, and each of the 22 masters will have a, a place on the website. We'll have our classes. We'll have our uh, gatherings. We'll have our retreats. And then also we'll have information for people that they can rely on and they can use in their own lives. Because, as I said, each person that is uh, attracted to this has had their own uh, story and their own journey and, and many, many years of, of their own, um, you know, information and classes that they are both taking and giving. So it's going to be sort of like an encyclopedia <laughs> of learning. And I'm really, really uh, very happy and excited about that. Because for lots of us, you know, myself included, you you take one step here and you find out about yep. this and then you go over there and you find out about that, but it hasn't been really easy or congruent. And I'm a believer that there are many, many, many wonderful, wonderful teachers and classes and books, et cetera. And so I would like to be one of those places where you can go and trust the information that you're receiving, knowing not any of us are saying, oh, I'm the only one or I'm the best or any of mm -hmm. that other stuff Absolutely. sometimes goes on. And who thought that would all happen in Cornville, Arizona? I know. I know. Well, as a matter of fact, when I first got <laughs> the information, you know, when Mother Mary and Dr. Sui said, we want you to train 22 Reiki Master teachers, I kind of intuitively looked up at them and said, uh, you do know I live in Cornville. <laughs> you know, but um, we've developed a wonderful yeah. way of doing it where we're doing a lot of it over the Internet and over phone calls, and, and, and you know, oh, nice. it's just, it, it, it works itself out. So, yes, always trust in the higher authority. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes, thank you for asking, and that's all really good. But coming back to our, our subject for today, and I'm going to bring in Mother Mary in just a moment, um, what I asked her about is why is there all of this chaos right now? I mean, I know historically we've had many, many periods of chaos, but because really we're such a, a wired society right now where the information comes so quickly and from so many places and in so many ways, it's it's overwhelming, you know, versus 100 years ago when, none of, when it would take maybe a few weeks to learn that something had happened in another country mm -hmm. or with another person. And so here was her take on it, and then I'll let her come through. But just to give you guys the overview, she said, for all of the thousands of years that humanity has been alive, it has been the story of humanity. And during that story of humanity, there has been a separate idea called divinity. And so that divinity could have been seen in the old days as all the different gods and goddesses. It can be seen in different religions, etc. But again, for the most part, it was always seen as separate from humanity. It was something you prayed to or something you called out to or something that you beseeched or petitioned or whatever, but it was not seen as an integral part of humanity and of each of us. Again, I'm speaking in generalities. 
So Mother Mary said, basically, beginning about 65 years ago, um, basically when they discovered the Nag Hammadi scrolls, and then sometime during the rest of that period in these last 65 or 70 years, people have begun to understand the concept as well as the physics that the divinity lives inside each of us. It is not necessarily something separate. We can love and honor God, Jesus, Mother Mary, Buddha, etc., and that's wonderful. And what we are now birthing, this soul birth that's going on right now, is really recognizing the divinity that we have always had within us and birthing that in such a way that it informs our humanity. And therefore, the choices and the way that we live and the way we construct our society is going to be entirely different because divinity wants justice and equality for everyone, where humanity was basically trained on domination, command and control, and suppression and and so humanity has lived by a very very different set of rules and although religion has had a part in trying to keep humanity sort of focusing on a higher way of being it was still seen as something else not who we are and so mother mary wants us to begin to really work with that not only that conceptually, but with erasing the remnants within each of us of that idea that we need to dominate someone else or else they're going to dominate us. And beginning to look at that in everything we create, whether it's a business, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a partnership, whether it's a marriage, we are being invited and asked to to really create from the soul, a partnership within ourselves of our humanity and our divinity. And that is above and beyond this idea of divine masculine and divine feminine. It's, it's even more than that. It's recognizing that we are the, well, the sons and daughters of God. We are that. And so we carry that. That is our heredity. That is our inheritance. And now it's time to look at what is the legacy that we would choose to leave for those coming after us? And I think that it's, it's difficult because so far there are still many, many people living that old paradigm of command and control, of trying to dominate others. And we're seeing that, of course, around the world. And we're seeing that also in, in the current political situations, not only here, but in many other countries. And so when I bring Mother Mary in in just a moment, um, I'm going to see if she can say it in an even more articulate way than I can. But she wanted me to kind of lay out that framework that for thousands of years we've been living basically that caveman lifestyle of, you know, carrying that club and looking for the, you know, the meat we're going to eat that night or looking for someone that we feel is going to be our enemy and always sort of having that sense of being on guard and having to attack first because of our, 
fear and our belief that otherwise we would be someone else's dinner. So that's now at a head. And what she's been telling me is that it's it's probably going to take about another hundred years. I wish it was less and maybe well, less. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> I know, I know. But that when you think about thousands of years, you know, I guess it's it's not that long a period of time. And yet at the same time, what we want to see, and I think what she's also spoken about, is that the more we can do that and then attract people around us that are also living that, we are going to shorten that time frame because the old matrix, the matrix of humanity with all that crumbling structure that's going on right now, we can't rely on that, but we can rely on the matrix of our divinity, which is people loving each other and cooperating with each other and helping each other. And that is something I've been seeing um, happening more and more especially with this white star Reiki, it's like it activates that genetic code that says you're not my enemy and I'm here to love you and be loved and let's, you know, let's see what we want to create together. So that's sort of the overview. Now, before I bring in Mother Mary, um, Mary Elizabeth, is there anything that I just said that resonates with you or any comments you have? Well, yeah, I have two of them. One, as you said, you know, divinity always rested outside of ourselves. We never looked at it as, as God within us and the entire universe within us. So, I mean, that definitely does make sense. The second thing, my question is, how in how does ascension play into all of this? I mean, so many of us that have been in the spiritual community for the last 12 years, we've been just waiting, you know, for certain time periods to, to hit, and then all of a sudden, now you're saying, okay, it's going to be another 100 years, <laughs> and we're all going to be dead by then anyways, but... You know, so how does that all fit into what we're going through now? Or is that really part of it? Because everything is being exposed, and we have to learn how to really be in that place of love. So, Good, good question. Well, <clears throat> let me just take a moment and bring in Mother Mary, because as we know, I'm articulate and she is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Well, to all my beloveds and all my beloveds and all my beloveds, I know Samara said 100 years. Let's talk about 100 minutes. Yes, let's talk about 100 minutes because I'm just sort of picking a different way of thinking about this. If you, in the next 100 minutes, decide, I now believe in and welcome and will act upon my divinity, it will be so for you. It will be so for you. There is no waiting a hundred years. Now, how will this resonate through the rest of the universe? That perhaps will take more than a hundred minutes. However, when you decide, oh my goodness, I am made of the infinite light of God. That's what I'm made of. And therefore, I have the capacity to connect my heart and mind to the vast resources and the amazing brilliance and wisdom of God. I have that capacity. And now I'm going to use it. Ah. So making that decision shifts the locus of your system, your power system, your control system 
from the old GPS of human into the divine compass of you. And so what that will do is allow you to begin to look at every single thing in your life and every single decision in your life from the perspective of just really one question. What would love do here? What would love do here? And because we're talking from the divine mind, not the human mind, this is not the conditional love that manipulates and says, well, I did this for you, and now you owe me. No, 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 no. This is the love that was so beautifully bestowed upon your earth by Jesus. Go back and read some of the stories. Read some of the parables. Read what he said. Because what he was saying all those years ago is more true now than ever. He said, all that I do, you can do and more. Huh. He could touch people and heal them. He could look into their hearts and see the truth underneath their pain. All of you have that same capacity. Perhaps you've not used it yet. Perhaps you still doubt it. Perhaps you're afraid of it. All, all possible. But that does not take away the capacity. The capacity is there. And so, as with anything, it will take your choice and some practice to begin to say, what would love do here? I'm going to give you some very specific examples because I know it can be confusing because the love that I'm speaking about is the universal, unconditional, just, and loving way of seeing everything. So let's just say that you look out in your um, yard and it's barren and bleak. Let's just say that's what's true. And you ask yourself the question, what would love do here? And inside, all of a sudden, you get this brilliant idea. I would love to have, well, Samara's in Arizona, a lemon tree. I would love to go out and pick lemons to have to use to make beautiful drinks and to use on my food and, I would, and to give to neighbors. I want a lemon tree. And so the next part, you see, here's where people get stuck. The next part is to say, all right, what do I need to have a lemon tree in my yard? And to look into and research the various soil and type and whatever, fertilizer, depth of hole, you know, all those kinds of things. And then to do it. Then to do it. And so what you're training yourself to do is to look through the eyes of love and to look around you at your environment, at your friends, at your job, at your whatever is around you, and ask within yourself, what would love do here? 
because the disparity between something that is lacking love and what you would like to see may very well be within your ability to change. Ah, yes. And so what begins to happen is that you train your heart and your mind and your eyes as if you were now a divine being put here on earth to help everything feel more loving and be more loving. That's it. And so when you do that, whether it's a lemon tree, whether it's to have a different color on your walls that you're tired of something, whether it's to go ahead and get a couple of kittens, what would love do here? Now, there's another piece of all of this, of course. There's all the goodness you can do and all the wonderful things you can do, along with correcting what is currently, shall we say, lacking love. Now, what I want to say is start in your own backyard, your own community, your own streets around you, because right now, to try to figure out how to solve hunger in Africa or uh, refugees in Syria may not be exactly where you want to begin. You may wind up there and you may not. But if you look around your neighborhood, let's just say 10 streets, pick 10 streets around your neighborhood, drive around, walk around, and ask, what would love do here? And what you're going to find is as you build that question into your everyday life, first of all, you're going to feel so lovely, peaceful, and empowered. And that already is, is a reward. Next, you're going to begin to see yourself as having a creative potential to make a difference around you. And so as you're walking or bicycling or whatever, those 10 streets, you may see a sad person. And instead of just walking by or driving by or biking by, you stop. And you just take a moment and greet them. Hello, how are you? Ah. So... What I'm showing you, and energetically, those of you that are sensitive, I think you're already feeling it, is that instead of you living in this old paradigm matrix of dissension and chaos and difficulty and rebellion and all of that, you become a force of good, an angel of light, a bearer of love. And so you start in your neighborhood, and maybe there's two or three of you that want to help plant some flowers for someone. Maybe there's a couple of you that realize someone could use a little help over here. Maybe it's just you. But you put yourself into this creative place of knowing that you have the capacity to bring love into any situation that crosses your path, that has your name on it, so to speak. And that is what allows for a huge shift 
your own well-being and in your own experience and in your own energy. Because what you become is this bearer of love, this being who is there to offer and receive and feel and give love. And so by beginning in your very own neighborhood, it's easier, it's doable, it's concrete, it's real. And you start to feel the vibrational shift in the streets around you. And that buoys you, that lifts you as you are lifting them. And now you're talking with someone on the phone who's in another state. And you're sharing a little bit about what you just did that day. And perhaps they get motivated. Really? Huh. I never thought about that. And so you begin to sow the seeds of love everywhere you walk, everywhere you speak to people, and certainly within yourself that love keeps growing, that love keeps building, that love keeps expanding because that's your new GPS. What would love do here? In some situations, there will be people who ridicule you or think you're being foolish or uh, don't understand your motivation. Just bless them. Say, this is what makes me happy, and I hope you have a beautiful day. You don't need to convince anyone. What would love do here? Now, what's happening in the world is that as things are um, topsy-turvy in a way, what all of you that are awake are getting to see and feel is how much love has not yet been activated. How much love has not yet been activated. And so what you can do is your part. So start at home. Plant a flower or a tree or a shrub that you like. Paint a picture. Paint a wall. Paint your neighbor's fence. Whatever is calling to you that says, what would love do here? And you hear an answer. I promise you, you will hear or feel intuitively an answer. And then you just do it. And then more comes and more and more. And you become, a, I think the feeling I want to, to share with you, and I hope that you can understand it, is you feel the richness of being a benefactor. And so many of you that worry about money, the more you can allow yourself to move into this, to feel the richness of being a benefactor, of being a bestower of love, the material will take care of itself. Those loaves and fishes, where did they come from? Where did they come from? They came from a field of light that all of you also 
have access to. They came from a dimensional field of light that all of you also have access to. So as you allow yourself to be in this field, as you choose to be in this field of being a loving benefactor, the material will arrive, it will be there, it will be a part of all that you create because the world is so desperately in need of love. Money has not solved the problems of this world. It has not because they put the money way above the love. And the antidote, the remedy, is when you put the love ahead of everything, the money comes. I know some of you don't believe me just now, and that's all right. Just begin if you can. Just begin to teach yourself that your divinity can create a life of not only glorious love, but a balance of financial well-being that is a match for your love. And I'll just use one example that so many of you know about, Mother Teresa. Now, she may not have had a huge bank account for herself because that was not what she really cared about, but she created a beautiful legacy and all the money that she could manage through the various Sisters of Charity that she had because the people saw what she was doing with her love and wanted to help. So that's really the magic formula and the one that can make so many of you have a much happier life. So again, to review this, Rather than being upset and bereft about tragedies in other countries right now, look at your house, look at your neighborhood, look at your community, and ask, what would love do here? And begin with that. When you're ready, certainly any of you that feel prepared and ready to take on the larger challenges, I don't want to discourage you. But what I want to help you do is build a neighborhood of love that you live in, because from that, you will have the support energetically, socially, physically, and financially to then grow that in any way that you are called to do. So, there's one more piece of the puzzle that I want to share with you today. All of you still carry guilt. And when you do that, essentially, you divide yourself from yourself. You divide yourself into the good part and the not-so-good part. And when you do that, 
Love cannot blossom to the extent that we wish it for all of you. And so my, my request as we move into this beautiful time that some celebrate of Easter and others of Passover and others in other ways, what I invite you to do is to forgive yourself for any and all things that you believe you did wrong. If there are people that you have wronged, I invite you to do your best to remedy that with them. If they've already passed on, you can write a letter, you can do a prayer, you can do a ceremony, whatever. Because in order to accept both your divinity and your humanity, guilt has no part in that. No part in that. Because from the viewpoint of creator, from the viewpoint of divinity, all of you did the best you could at the time with what you knew, with what you believed, and with what you feared. You did the best you could. And so what I would love for each of you in the coming days, if it feels right to you, and this for me is what would love do here, is to forgive yourself and let go of all guilt. As I told Samara one time, guilt is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and I don't want that to be what you are giving yourself. So do a ceremony, release yourself, forgive yourself from anything that you believe you did wrong. And then, if you're willing, forgive everyone else also. Start fresh. Don't carry this guilt within yourself and this blame of others. One of the beautiful gifts that Jesus brought was a pure heart. And all of you have that pure heart. It is only your idea that keeps you from feeling that purity. And so the path to living your divinity in its fullness is, yes, to ask what would love do here, but to realize the chalice that you are, the light that you are, the love that you are, is not enhanced by carrying guilt or judgment or blame. That contaminates and, in a sense, um, stifles what would otherwise be the purity of saying, what would love do here, and then just doing it. So those are my very important messages for all of you today in realizing what's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. But again, this is the unconditional, pure, just love that cares about everyone, that lifts everyone, and that knows that there is enough for everyone. So embrace your divinity, forgive your humanity, and ask what would love do here in these coming days 
And what you will find is that your universe will transform. And from that, it will go beyond the borders of your streets into your whole town and into your whole city and your whole state and the whole part of the world that you live in. And soon it will resonate throughout the universe because it can no longer come from the governments. The governments are failing in every way. This is the time of the people. This is the time of the people rising in, who not only their humanity, but rising into their divinity, their strength, their power, their love, their compassion, their courage, and their knowing. And you all have that, all of you. No one was left out. No one was skipped. All of you have it. And so on this beautiful day that some call Palm Sunday, I just really invite you to forgive, to invite your divinity, and to ask, what would love do here? And then follow that. I love you all so very, very much. And that's what's going to make it not a hundred years, and perhaps for some of you not even a hundred minutes, perhaps a hundred seconds, to ask, what would love do here? I love you all. I'm going to bring Samara back to chat with Mary Elizabeth. But please, please, please listen again to all of this. Listen to the recording. Download it if you can, because it is urgent, urgent, urgent if you are to have the life you're meant to have and help the earth to have the creations it is meant to have. Much love. Much love. Namaste. Well, this is Samara, and I'm back, and that was quite a message. (laughs) Um, I'm going to ask you, Mary Elizabeth, if any of that, uh, I don't know, I just need a minute. Is there anything you'd like to say? Right. Well, I mean, it all resonates. I mean, obviously, it all makes total sense, and this is, in a way, part of a message that, you know, she has been telling us, you know, for years, ever since we did the show. And kind of the one question I have and it's, I think it's kind of explained uh, throughout the last 20 minutes that you talked was, you know, a lot of people really have a big void, and that void is really a love for oneself. Yeah. So how do you begin to give so much love outwards when really you really need to give it to yourself too inwards? Or by giving it outwards, you'll fill, your, fill that void at the same time? You know, I I think that is such a wonderful question, and I I think that there's a a challenge because a lot of people have no trouble giving it out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they get exhausted and and lonely and feel, you know, like it's not coming back. So I think you really can't have one without the other. Um, I know for myself, I I really require a lot of self-care, and for me, what that means is time in nature, Uh, time in solitude, time reading wonderful, inspiring things, time meditating, time journaling. And that's how I love myself. And it's sort of like when you find 
what nurtures your spiritual self in addition to you know the physical and mental and emotional but for me the big hole the gap as you were saying the void is to love yourself from that perspective of believing that we really are the children of God you know and not just right. some trashy whatever whatever you know and mm-hmm. so i think you have to find in whatever ways work for you a belief in yourself as a child of God. And I think that that may come from self-reflection, from, as I said, reading great books, being out in nature, but also choosing the people in our life that really lift us up and believe in us. And and too yeah, many of us, I think, didn't, didn't grow up with an advocate and don't have an advocate and I'm not talking about somebody who wants you to, quote, unquote, achieve, someone who wants you to be successful. That's all great. Those are coaches. I'm talking about truly someone who loves you and who mm-hmm. just nurtures you, and you don't have to do anything for it. Right. Somebody that always kind of has your back. Yeah. And for me, strangely enough, that was Mother Mary. I mean, I had, before she came, I had friends um, but it was still in that place for me of, well, yeah, I drove you then, and then you did this, and, you know, still sort of keeping right. score, you know, to be honest. Right. And, 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 you know, that was okay. But when Mother Mary came, you know, the first couple times that she came, she just hung out. I mean, she was, like, in my living room, really <laughs> just pure love. And I was, I was like... Right. Like, just blown away, because the only other times that I've ever known anybody who has experiences like that is either sex or drugs, you know? Right. (laughs) Neither of those were happening at the moment. It was just her in my living room. But I think what happened for me is I got to feel the reality of unconditional love, which until that moment in time, I had never felt. But I also think, too, that it brings out those, you know, I would think if Mother Mary showed up, like, who am I to have Mother Mary in my living room? It seems like it would pull out all those things of the self-doubt and all that kind of thing. And then over time, it almost would diminish that. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, at first, that's exactly what I felt like. At first, I thought she was just coming to bless me because I had opened my home to be a spiritual sanctuary. Um, and done right. a lot of work around that. I said, oh, this is cool. She came and blessed me. Then she kept coming back. I was like, oh, my God. And then when she said, would you channel me, I went through exactly what you're saying. Oh, my God. You know, right. me? Are you kidding me? Right. Me with all my sins and all my flaws and all my faults, you know. But I think so. I think it's a process. You know, you were asking, so how do we love ourselves? I think it's it's almost like we need to inoculate ourselves with enough doses of real love whether that's with, you know, people who trust and believe in us, whether that's with nature, whether that's with music. We have to find something that wants to give to us that is not also demanding something in return. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, when I think about that, I think obviously of my parents, and I've been lucky enough to have the kind of parents like that and that they always were there for me no matter what I did, whether it's stupid or not or you know, I've moved so many times, and the minute I said, okay, I think I'm going to move, my dad would be, you know, in the phone book looking for a U-Haul and, you know, ready to book it. Aww. You know, so in that respect, I've been so lucky to have somebody that does have my back, two people. So, 
Which is great. And and I think, too, yeah. this is part of what, what Mother Mary was talking about in that up until the very recent years, there has not been unconditional love in general that, that people get on a regular basis. It's all been mm-hmm. conditional because it's all been human, right? Right, exactly. And, and so now, you know, you were, like you said, your parents were different, and I'm so happy that you had that. I did not have that, but you know, mine did the best that they could at the time. So the experience, mm-hmm. though, of unconditional love, I think, is something that is fairly new for almost everyone. And even when you got it from your parents, I guess one question I would have, did that mean that you were then able to translate it into loving yourself? Um, You know, I don't... I would say, well, I think it helped. I mean, I can't imagine coming yep. from a different background where you're somebody was telling you, you're stupid, you're not going to amount to anything. So I think I have a I have a lot more self worth uh, than coming from that kind of environment. But with that, um, I'd have to say, you know, I still could. There's a lot of work I can do in that area. Mhm. Well, and you know, that's what I, I mean. Really it's, can. it's sort of like I think it's a new energy. That's what I'm saying. Right. You know, because in our humanity, we were still in that limbic part of our brain, you know, fight or flight, you know, club or be clubbed, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so the whole idea of unconditional love was sort of a luxury, like we we can't even get to that yet. But I think right. I think we're there now. I think there's been enough yeah. loving things that have happened to all of us that we, we have that storehouse. And now it's really building on it and I loved her idea of what would love do here and and you know start in your own neighborhood your own house and and let right. that be sort of the new mantra because that's mm-hmm. so different than a lot of people I know are like well okay what do I have to do for money or you know amusement right. or you know they're not that's not their first thought is you know what would love do here and right. I no, remember exactly. a, a few years ago one of my friends who lives in Santa Fe who was actually renting a house, and she had a backyard, a front yard rather that was not very attractive, and she decided to spend about a thousand dollars making this beautiful front yard for herself and mm-hmm. the future people. And you know, oftentimes right. people would say, "Oh, well, you know, you're just renting; you shouldn't do that." But uh, her name's Danae, and she's a I give a shout out to Danae in Santa Fe. She, she was, she had the vision that that's what love would do there. Right. And so she got a gardener, and they made a beautiful, beautiful front yard, which, of course, she enjoyed. But sooner than not, all of the other people on the street started to improve their yards, you know, to have them be beautiful, to have them have, you know, flowers, et cetera. And people who were walking by would stop and say, oh, that's so beautiful. And it, it just really shifted the energy not only, as I said, for her, but for that that whole neighborhood. She's no longer living there. She's in another house now, but I'm sure someone mm-hmm. else is really uh, enjoying it. So I think I think too, you know, it's really about doing what we feel guided to do that does feel like a a, a deposit of our love. Right. And especially like you said, in our community, we raise the vibration. So mm-hmm. every day we come home. And we're with we're within that vibration, rather than going exactly. into a lower vibration. So it really does, I think, would affect us, especially you know, in a place of work anywhere, to be able to change everything for the positive and raise it. 
Well, exactly. And it's like a new thought in our head now rather than, oh, my God, what am I going to make for dinner? <laughs> you know, it's like right. if we can first ask what would love do here for dinner, you know, maybe sometimes that's called a pizza man and sometimes it's maybe make yeah. a, a three-course meal. But I think that's really it is substituting the old human way of, of trying mm-hmm. to manage everything into this much more divine way of being, which is, you know, to say what would love do here. I just, it's, it's simple and I just love it. You know, and I think of, you know, I know how exhausted I am after working a full-time week. I cannot even imagine these parents that have kids that are racing them from soccer practice to lacrosse to, you know, they don't even have Sundays off anymore. And it's, I think yeah. it's one of those things too. They should say, okay, what would love do here? But what would it, what can I do for myself to kind of reinvigorate well, yourself for the next week? And taking some time. And Maybe it means really, not doing, going to soccer. Yeah. No, I'm with you too. And and as we have our last minute or two here on the show, I, I want to yeah. make sure that that's, that's a clear message that what would love do here does start with ourselves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm exhausted, if I'm, you know, don't have anything to give, then I, really whatever I would think I'm doing that's loving isn't really the fullness of me. And right. so it is so important to do whatever is loving for yourself. And then from the overflow of that, it's like you, you get the fountain repaired, you know, so it's flowing right. pretty exactly. good. And then, then whatever you feel to do in the neighborhood or outside, you know, that's when you do that. Absolutely. So I guess uh, for tonight, I just want to end in the last moment or two by sending a prayer of love to all beings everywhere. So Mary Elizabeth, please join with me. Anyone who's on the show, just join with me now. And I'm, I, I do Reiki. Any of you that don't do Reiki, just send love and light. And let's imagine that all over the world, right here, right now, people receive this thought of what would love do here. I am a divine human being capable of miracles. And I now choose to live my life aligned with the idea that I'm also creating what would love to hear. So from the beauty of Cornville slash Sedona to the beauty of Crystal Lake to the beauty of your places and locations throughout the world, Let's just feel and see every human being feeling their divinity, feeling their humanity, and making a new decision to awaken that GPS within that says, what would love you hear? And so to all of you tonight, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mary Elizabeth. And this is what love would do here. Shout out to all. Much love and good night to everyone. Namaste. 